Hello and welcome to the special edition of the TetraCast. As you well, might well know, I am not Zach Reese. He is off on assignment on PlayStation Experience this weekend. So I'll be your host, Josh Torres. And we have one hell of a podcast lined up for you today. Uh, joining us today, we have Alex Donaldson. Hello. Hello, everybody. We have Adam Vitali. Hey, special edition. And we have Brian <laughs> Vitaly. Hey, it's me. <laughs> I decided to switch up the pronunciation. So the big, big, big thing today, this week, finally, Final Fantasy XV has launched for the PS4 yeah, and like Xbox One. Six days, well, five days ago. Uh, six yeah. days for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, everyone here, uh, except for Brian, you've been watching Adam play it. <laughs> Uh, just let's just re- get right into it. What are your thoughts? I know Alex reviewed it for our site. Uh, so, what do you think? Um, I think it's a good game. I, you know, um, it's it's a weird game. It's definitely a game that has its. You can see that it's a game that that, that was stitched together out of multiple different things. Like you can see that. There are places where you, where it looks fantastic, and there are places where it looks like, frankly, the best open world game, the best looking open world game I've ever seen. But equally, then there are places where it, you can tell that it began life at some point as a PlayStation Three game. And similarly, you know, there are places where the story execution is really good, and then. But then the majority of the story is really weirdly and poorly executed. And I don't know if that's down to, you know, it being truncated from what was, you know, a multiple game story, maybe a free game story, or yeah. if that's just down to them running out of time or what. So like, there's, there's a lot, there are, there are a lot of caveats to it. But the thing that I felt is like, uh, you know, the first maybe... Uh, 15, 16 hours of the game, uh, which is really the open world segment, I found to be absolutely fantastic. The second half of the game, not so good. Uh, let me let me let me jump in there. So like, I just started. Uh, I started it, you know, in a release this week. I am about forty-five hours into the game, and I'm in chapter three. All I've been doing is basically just running around, doing quests, exploring, doing the dungeons, killing things. And so, like, I haven't actually seen much of the story at all. Uh, unlike me, I'm like I'm about a little, like, 32 hours in, and I'm at chapter eight. I'm about to jump into like the second half of the game, but like when uh, I'm currently I'm like level 48 or 49, people are telling me, "Wow, you're already like over leveled, even like for end game standards." I'm like, really? Because like a good chunk of that time, as Adam has said, you know, I've been kind of doing side quests here and there, uh, doing the bounty hunts and whatnot. It's it, like Alex, like you said, it's a, it's a very much a stitched up game. But to me, it's like the greater, uh, greater than some of its parts because on paper, a lot of these things are like kind of like generic, run of the mill. Like the quest design, you know, isn't that great? It's a lot of yeah. quests. You know, there's you know, kill these monsters. You know, search this... in the circle. Yeah. It, well, I've <laughs> seen a lot of people compare the game both graphically and gameplay wise to Witcher Three, and everyone's going to have a take on whether that's a fair comparison or not. But um, just the fact that there's even a conversation there, I think, is kind of testament to what the game has been able to accomplish, even if it doesn't quite reach that goal. So that's my take anyway. 
They do. They do. A lot, of, compar- a lot of comparisons else. to a lot of comparisons to Xenoblade and Final mm-hmm. Fantasy XII too. Um, I mean, kind of with that more like open structure. Yeah, uh, I've, 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 I've seen a lot of comparisons right, to Dragon's right. Dogma as well. I uh, th- I think it's a th- to me it's a weird amalgamation of Dragon's Dogma and early earlier Chills in the Sky games. That's what hmm. th- that's what I think of it. Because I mean, is, mm-hmm. go on. I, I, just, I, I don't know. I just it's it's weird because I do think also it's a game that is enormously hard to compare to any other game. Um, sure. Any other game, just just because of, of of how unique it is, and because it does, the reason why it bears so many similarities to so many different games is because it takes so much mm-hmm. from so many different sources. It's like a Frankenstein which, monster, which is similar. Yeah, which is simultaneously what makes it so interesting and fun, and also well, why it falls so flat in places. Like you mentioned, the side quest design. You're right. The side quest design, by and large, sucks. It's all fetch mm-hmm. quests. It's all. Um, it's all, it's all just run here, kill this, run here, pick up this. Those absolutely diabolical find the frog quests. And, <laughs> oh, God, search in that. the circle. That's one of the top search terms for Final Fantasy 15. Is well, like, like I'm, uh, I'm, I'm but, kind of surprised how many quest lines are literally like search for this. Like, like there's the there's the journalist guy who has you search for ore in a circle, then there's like the search for the frogs, and then. But even so, even side, some of Sydney's quests are like search for these car parts or oil in a circle and just, just a bunch of search quests. But the flip side to that is, you know, the 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 the, the amatology of a good quest, I guess, is is not just in what it asks you to do. And a fetch quest can be good if it's sending you to an interesting place. And I think one of the interesting things about Final Fifteen is. You know, I said earlier, I enjoyed the first half of the game. The second half of the game uh, varied from, okay, this is okay, to I hate this. But then after finishing the game, then it has a really strong ending in spite of the plot kind of being. It's an inverse Mass Effect 3 in that regard. Mass Effect 3 is, uh, had a pretty rough ending, but the journey um, to that ending was phenomenal. Five hundred fifteen has a phenomenal ending, but the journey there isn't very interesting. But then the post-game stuff is really, really good. And, and like, the side quest design, when it actually gives you a named side quest, isn't that good. But then in the post-game, you can sort of go wandering into these dungeons, and they're not named side quests, but they're amazing and completely I, optional. Yep, and I, I, like I said earlier, I'm only in Chapter 3, and I some of the dungeons aren't open to me yet, but a lot of them are. And I've already explored quite a number of them, and it's... It's pretty cool. Like, um, it's kind of like this nonlinear difficulty that I appreciate. Like, uh, Brian actually just watched me do this, but like, I tried taking on like this level fifty-five dungeon, and I was a little bit too high for me. But just being able to challenge myself and just like, you know, try to take it on. Um, you By know, challenge himself, he means just running willy-nilly away from everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, also, like, even, like, things like there's an area on the map where there's a griffin flying around. I tried taking it on too early, and it basically wiped me. And then after just exploring some and powering up and getting new weapons and things, I took it on again, and I was able to, I was able to vanquish it. You know, it's just kind of like a small thing that I kind of I kind of like in games like this where you can, like, choose to challenge yourself in these places. And I'm, and I'm sure the postgame does a lot of that. I really do like the like the the seemingly like organic aesthetic of like most dungeons, 
because there's like kind of like a natural evolution of like hey remember like those old like in linear final fantasy they're just this is like kind of like what would they look like if they were actually like rendered in the high definition fully realized in these environments and just the just the atmosphere of the game just shimomura's work on the ost is just fucking fantastic it just gives a, a sort of like 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 high intense air to any situation it does wonders for that game it's mm-hmm. it's a weird I, I i think it's a weird game musically i think the score is is incredible but uh, i think the way it's implemented and used is actually a little bit weird mm-hmm. um i think there's too much silence on the overworld um yeah i do and I agree with that. and i think it's some strange that for instance there's only one dun- piece of dungeon music um it's that specific you know piano piece basically mm-hmm. um and it's very like, atmospheric. Like the, like the, like the kind of like the moody kind of yeah, sober, and, but there's only music. there's only one there's only mm-hmm. one of that in the whole game, which I I just find to be a little bit weird considering the number of dungeons there are. Um, but the score is like when it when it's in when it's in gear and it's being used correctly in the game, it's phenomenal. I mean, that's one of the reasons why the last two hours of the game are insanely atmospheric and brilliant and i think the score is a large part of that but also a, an interesting thing to note is part of the reason that that's the case is because that last hour and a half to two hours whatever is one of the few times when the score is unshackled and just runs for the entire time mm. like uh... they don't interrupt it they don't stop it for open world stuff because the, the back end of the game is very linear I'm looking forward to seeing how that pans out, but I kind of want to like uh, less the, about like the open world side of it, and let's talk about like the characters in it. How do you guys? Uh, who do you guys feel? You know, is your favorite character at the moment? How do you like the cohesion between you know the four main characters? So I think the I, I'm not very far yet, but I think the characters, um, like, are somewhat believable. Like I don't feel like maybe with the exception of Gladio, like they're, um, I feel like they feel like they could be like a personality that a real person would have. Um, like for example, I did this weird quest that just popped up out of nowhere, um, where Prompto wanted me to take a picture of, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher this name, a Katibo pass. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that. Good and job. Just, good effort. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the big, it's the big creature with like the huge neck and the heavy yeah, head. He should, I think yeah. it's Katoblapas or something. Katoblapas, yeah. And then, so he wanted me to like take a picture of it. So he's like kind of joking around with Noctis. Like, all you got to do is hold the mushrooms and just stand there. And Noctis is, you know, like, this is going to get me killed. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's just kind of like, like the, just the banter there. It, like, I was, I think I was smiling when I was doing that scene because it kind of felt like real and organic to me. Um, uh, just kind of like, like they like they realize the danger, but um, just kind of like this weird like kind of teasing friendship that they have. And Prompto is of course not just his probably closest friend. The other two are kind of like almost like his servants, also his friends. Yeah. Uh, but um, and then there was like a scene also with Prompto. I think you activate it by like resting at one of the motels where they kind of have a heart to heart. Where Prompto actually even like talks about like he almost feels like he doesn't belong because he's just like. I'm not royalty. I don't even work for the, um, I don't even work for you. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not here for any reason other than I want to be type of thing. And like, I don't think it's great. Like it's not outstanding, but I think it's good. 
Like, it's believable to me. So would you say Prompto is your favorite character then? Um, I will say, so we were talking about earlier how some of the story stuff kind of is oddly put together. And a lot of it is that, like, the Brotherhood anime and the Kingsglaive movie are almost like, especially Kingsglaive, are almost like required viewing to have an idea what's haven't going on. I haven't seen them yet. <laughs> oh, see, uh, see, 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 I have only seen Kingsglaive and I haven't seen a, a, a second of Brotherhood. But I still feel like those four guys are incredibly well-built characters. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, my opinion on the characters is just that the four core dudes and the the main antagonist are incredibly well-built, well-rounded characters. In fact, they're some of the best in the Final Fantasy series. And then the supporting cast is all pretty bad. Yeah, Underdeveloped, not like very well used. Cutouts, essentially. There are villains... You know, without getting into spoiler territory, there are villains who we have been looking at in trailers for a decade who are who are removed from the equation off screen in a sort of Poochie died on the way back to his home planet sort of way. Yeah, well, which is well, that actually sounds kind of familiar. I think there was another Final Fantasy game released <laughs> last decade that had a little bit of that, <laughs> which is it's just bizarre. And like even so even with those four guys, there is a scene in the game where where Prompto reveals something about his past and it just comes out of nowhere, feels like it was meant to be a big twist, but doesn't have any... It doesn't resonate at all. It doesn't even resonate with the characters where the other three guys are sort of like, what's the big deal? You know, Prompto makes a tearful confession almost and everyone's like, and what? Wow. What's, what's the big deal? And then I learned it on a forum thread on Mognet that, you know, printed in the limited edition strategy guide or something, that twist, a further element of that twist is detailed, which relates Prompto to one of the aforementioned underdeveloped villain characters. What? But that's not in the game. What the heck? (laughs) But that's that's not in the game. So it's like it's like, and, that, it's like, and that's not in the. That, I'll just mention that's not in the anime either. The anime is basically just how Prompto meets Noctis, um, so <laughs> nothing like that. I, I seriously but, wonder, like, what, like, the, like the whole saga of like how this story was kind of changed, what was cut, what was you know, just what it looked like originally, what it transformed to, and what had to be cut. It, it, it feels I, like it's this whole moment of it's not like Prompto has amnesia or anything like that, but it felt like. The moment was supposed to be like, um, supposed to be something like, you know, a big revelation. Cloud rediscovering who he is, sort of thing, or whatever, for real. Or at least coming clean, or whatever. But, like, it's poorly conveyed in the game. It comes out of nowhere in the game. And then there's this far bigger twist that's buried in the pages of a strategy guide. And it's clear that maybe at some point this was going to be an arc. But they just dropped it. But they had this scene and they felt like it worked, I guess. So they left it in. And there's and a lot of that story in this Kind game. of jumping back a little bit, one thing that I thought was actually kind of like really, like it made me, you know, raise an eyebrow, was this is a scene, I like, I have still early on in the game, but like when it showed like a couple of clips of Insomnia getting attacked, like it showed a couple of like small clips literally taken from Kingsglaive, like not the whole thing, but like this is a clip from the movie. Yeah, that, that's they're what showing, I figured. Mm-hmm. They're showing that a small thing from so, the movie. Well, that stuff, and it's just, that stuff it, was patched. Oh, that was well. I mean, so if it's my day first one patch, it's always game. there. So my first playthrough of the game, that stuff wasn't there. Oh, 
but it still just feels really awkward because it just like shows like these like small clips and they're like it's almost like so small it's almost meaningless like wait what was that <laughs> like a bunch of people in a room are now fighting for some reason you know and then it's just it, it just felt so weird to me like if i didn't watch kingslave i'd be like what the heck is going on and then, yeah, like, the first time funny. you see Luna in the game, like, you see her just kind of walking along a street, and then she pulls out <laughs> a ring. And then, like, I know exactly what she's doing here. But if I didn't watch Kingslave, like, what the heck is this? I, I can only what imagine how, like, how, how many people are, like, super lost on what the hell's going on in FF15 if they were never exposed to any of the marketing, like, the whole universe with the anime and the film and whatever. They just came into this, like, just in the dark and just came to this game. Like, I can, I, I'm starting to, like, wonder how confused are they at the moment as they play yeah. with this game there's also like a prequel novella and then like the gamestop exclusive game like what's that about the king's tale like, or whatever yeah i think a lot of it is irrelevant like the gamestop exclusive game is 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 um it's it's it, Noctis's father and his group of friends which is gladio's dad sid and the black dude you meet up with uh, in Altitia. Uh So his version of that, of, of, of the gang that you have in the game. Right. Um, it's, it's those guys, and it's their little quest, and it's a Streets of Rage-style side-scroller beat-em-up thing with some RPG mechanics bolted onto it, and the story is really of no consequence. Um Look, this is a pre-order bonus game, so I'm going to spoil it. The, the villain is Ultras, um, <laughs> in the octopus. Um, oh, okay. Oh, okay. And it's and it's not or 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 Orthos is the is the original is the correct translation. It's, it's weird. Like I think it was Tomato, originally translated Ultros, was, Orthos, whatever. It was like originally translated Ultros, and then like they changed it to Orthros, and then they like they don't seem to be consistent which one they stick with. Anyway. But yeah, anyway, he's the villain, and it's it's completely irrelevant. It's a bit about it's a bit of background character building about about those guys. Um, so that's irrelevant. one of the one of the demons up. in Kingsglaive looked a little bit reminded me of Ultros. That I think it is. I think it is supposed oh. to be. Um, I think. I think. A callback. Uh, I should probably rewatch that because I when I, I watched like... Kingsglaive at the UK premiere where months ago, yeah, <laughs> where. Uh, where Sean Bean came up and said said some words before it started, and I thought, God, do you realise what you involved yourself in? Um, <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, and and but I haven't watched it since. But Squared did send a copy of the Blu-ray, so I should probably watch that at some point and see if I hate it as much as I did the first time. I, I'm thinking about thinking maybe I should go watch his Slave, and then it totally slips my mind. It's like how many? Is it like what two hours long? It's two hours. Yeah, it's, it's too long. It's a bit, yeah, it's a bit remember, longer than I, I expected. We were gonna stream that. We were that was the same day we were streaming. Zach and Josh and I, and uh, I ended up being a little late because I thought, oh, this movie's gonna be over any time now, and just went on. <laughs> <another> <laughs> uh, okay, so we covered the characters. So let's talk about like you know the the general gameplay, the combat, uh, day night cycle type deal. What do you guys? How do you guys feel about you know just? Now it's uh, moved towards like a, a real action RPG. Uh, I think I think all that's fine. I think it's all great. In fact, I don't just think it's fine. I think there are definitely ways where you can see there's some rookie mistakes where obviously they're new to making this kind of game. Like 
the game. Dude, the camera really is just fucking awful. <laughs> the, the camera's poor, and you know, especially in some of the dungeons, yeah. When it's not... yeah, and, and for instance, with the day night cycle, you definitely need. Uh, it definitely is in in dire need of a uh, of a what's the word I'm looking for of a wait function. Obviously, you can sleep to end the to to go to morning, but yeah, if you. So that's about it. But if you want to go to night in order to grind or in order to, there are there are some dungeons, for instance, that only open at night. Like you yeah, go into I, 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 and it's sort of sealed up. I think the only way to go to like force itself to go to night is to like accept a quest or a, a hunt that that only activates at night, and then it'll let you wait till night. Yeah, but I just but they they should allow you to do that like, at any time. It, it shouldn't be like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, you should just have a wait function where you can wait. Um, Especially because, you know, there are also quests you can do. So, like, the Imperial base quests, it always wants you to do those at night. And you can go to the spot where the quest starts, and at least for me, it didn't start, so I just had to leave it and go make a cup of tea, wait for it to go tonight, and then it would allow me to start that quest. Noctis should just get, uh, like, an e-sig and uh, just <laughs> yeah. for for a couple hours, and there you go, it's nighttime. But uh, just generally speaking about the open world section, though, like I'm a pretty big fan of Final Fantasy XII, and not necessarily Final Fantasy XII's story or even its like direct combat system, but I like Final Fantasy XII for like its explorable zones and just kind of kind of like what we've been talking about, like just exploration. There's some dungeons, there's some puzzle dungeons, there's some you know finding rare monsters, things like that, and I'm kind of enjoying those elements. They're not exactly the same. We've already talked about that, but those types of elements in this game too. So it's just those types of things, just kind of like going out on my own and seeing what's out there and exploring. I'm enjoying that probably more so than any other element of this yeah, game. Yeah, I think so. the most surprising part of this game to me is just how relaxing and comfortable it is to play. Like even though what you're doing isn't really all that you know special and whatnot, but just, just exploring around because I there's just a nice thing about just running out of that open world and even though like the open world itself isn't like necessarily populated that as much as i want it's not as dense as i want it to be um it's pretty sparse mm -hmm. but just actually like the the form of it just like seeing how these landscapes at different times of the day like the lighting engine i feel is actually quite decent in my opinion like it like seeing the same spot like at different times of the day and like how you know whether it's a different weather and whatnot i think it does it has a significant I, impact on me. And I think the, I, the banter, I know it's not directly related to the gameplay, but I think it's, it's, it's make, I'm just watching Adam play, it's making a lot of the more mundane exploration a little bit more enjoyable. Uh, I mean, comparing to Final Fantasy XII, like Adam said, when you're playing, it's like Vaughn and Pinello you don't really care at all about. And then Adam goes into a dungeon on a volcano and Prompto asks him, like, pick left or right. He goes left and it's like a dead end. And Prompto says something like, uh, oh, we've reached the end. Good job. And <laughs> I think Gladio chimes in and says, yeah, nice try. Yeah, there's a try. lot of context-sensitive dialogue it's, at that game. It's, it's, yeah, just, it, it, it makes these things well, that, that are... That, that legitimately made me laugh. And I thought, I think the English voice acting is pretty good. Like, maybe even the best you know, English voice Final Fantasy game. Um, but like, just the way he said, like, we reached the end. It, it, it just, it was just like, I don't know. It just it made me laugh. <laughs> I think out of the main four, like Noctis's voice acting is kind of, it's kind of mediocre for me. Gladio kind of, I, I like Gladio. See, I think Noctis is the best of the bunch. I, like, he's got really some it. scenes where he puts but, in work. 
is it like more the second half of the game because I haven't seen those yet. Well, I mean, I think you know, th- th- there's some scenes early on when he, you know, sort of finds out that everything's gone horribly wrong. I, know, I thought but, it's, um, I, I think I think that. But then I, I will say this: there's a scene, the the last few scenes of the game, excellent, and then also there is a scene um, after. There's two sets of credits in this game. So there's one set of credits and then a sequence, and then one set of credits and then another sequence. And the one that sandwiches between the two sets of credits, he puts in like a like a like an award-winning performance, I think. And there's oh, also really? some of, some oh. really really good animation and 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 just performance capture and stuff. Whereas that's one thing with this game where that did get on my nerves is I don't know who was responsible for some of the performance capture direction. But so many of the characters in this game just don't move like human beings like, when they're speaking and stuff. I think Iris is a big, is a big, uh, is a big one that's terrible for that in particular, where she's sort of she's this realistic-ish looking woman, but she moves like a Kingdom Hearts character, and it's just terrible. Um, yeah. Um, but you were saying during the the Game Awards that if the cutoff had been different, you would have been pulling for Noctis's voice actor to win something. I think he's. I think he does. I think he does some really, really good work. And I think, obviously, the opening of the game makes no secret in the fact that at a point in this game, you will, you will one way or another end up playing as him, as a, much older. And I think there's, there's there's an excellent subtlety to the difference between him before that and after that. So I haven't seen very many scenes because I've been just wandering the overworld for hours and hours. But I do think the scene where he basically gets a call from Kor, basically basically confirming, yeah, your your city was attacked and your father was murdered. I thought that that scene, which I think you referred to, was well done. I think so. I think there's a lot of there is a lot of of really really good work in terms of taking this dialogue that is very anime, and he it. it, it the the translation, the direction. Um, it's, it should be noted that for voice, for instance, um, this is the first time that that they at Square have sort of gone with with, with directors and stuff who aren't traditionally anime directors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that has made a difference. So the director of Final Fantasy Fifteen, actually, a lot of our listeners will know uh, because he's the guy who is the voice of Fane in Mass Effect, and he directed. 15 and i think you can the voice work in 15 much more resembles something that you would get in a bioware game or a witcher than it does what we had in final fantasy 13 i, I might I, I might be making this up but i, I think that like the, the voice director who did the 13 games also did final fantasy 10 and it's kind of done like a bunch of like the the other square enix games which i don't think the voice acting in those games is awful but it's it is i think a step down from the from a lot of the from their peers kind of so uh but so yeah i can i can kind of tell that this game the voice acting like i said i think it's better final fantasy 12 is a little bit of its own thing but like it's i think it's certainly better than the 13 games which would be the most recent in this series of course yeah definitely Mm -hmm. it's just i have a weird like disconnect with the like how the tone flows in this game because like you get the, the scenes of not uh, getting you know the the sad news about what happened to his kingdom what happened to his dad and then like within like i don't know 30 minutes you're off like riding chocobos taking selfies yeah. and whatnot no that actually is kind of funny like i i got that scene 
And then, like, I just wandered for, like, probably, like, five hours. And then I met up with Kor, like, when you get the first Royal Weapon. And then, like, Noctis has a, another little bit of an emotional outburst there. And I kind of have to remind myself, oh, yeah, like, in game That's time, he just... Mm-hmm. In, ga- in game time, he learned that his father died, like, probably ten minutes ago, not five hours. It's just one of those things, like, it's inherent to open-world <laughs> games that right. happen. And it's, just, it's just still a weird thing to me and whatnot. <laughs> Though, I, 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 will, I must say that, like, some of like, the side activities in the open-world, like, I've spent way more time in fishing than I thought I would. That fishing video. But yeah, I, I, I will say this. The, the game does shift also. You know, that's part of the big, the big thing is that, you know, around Chapter 9... There are around chapter seven, you leave the open world, mm-hmm. and then you have a, a, a second section that's sort of open, but there's not much going on there. Um, and but then around chapter nine, well, the end of chapter nine, there are really big events that significantly change the lives of the four guys. And after that, the game goes linear, which is how they achieve having these characters go through stuff that's significant without having that compromised by the yeah. open stuff. So it's mm-hmm. so you so that's how they like, you know, grab that focus, grab like, you know, by basically essentially cutting off that open role then be like, yeah, well, okay, so so now there's actually a, a main consistency to this story, so it's not like you don't feel like in, you're jumping around. In a weird way, after chapter nine it starts to resemble a traditional Final Fantasy game more. It it goes on rails, literally, because you spend the entire the second half of the game on trains. Um, and you know, it just feels like it starts to starts to narrow down. There's even some some Final Fantasy traditions that show up in the back half of the game. Huh, and you're like, oh, okay. Um, you know, look out for the characters that drive the train. <laughs> You'll see what I mean. You'll know who they are when you see them. Okay. Um, um, so just... it does it does sort of shift away from that. You you needn't worry about big events happening and i guess basically what i'm saying is yes there's a bit of a disconnect between your father is dead and now go and fish and well that's 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 kind of a thing for all open world games like this you know it's not like unique to yeah yeah but that's the only major event that happens in that so your your enjoyment of the back half of the game is going to be more strongly determined on your investment in the narrative Uh, yeah and in the back half of the game then you get to a situation where big things happen and in order to make sure that that feels correct in the world they they remove that that open world aspect that you know chapter 10 is one of the most memorable chapters in the game for me even though i said i didn't like the back half of the game that much because there's a big character there's a big character moment that happens ironically that happens off screen that sort of echoes back into chapter 10 in a big way and you spend a lot of chapter 10 just feeling like an asshole basically <laughs> um and they actually i think people will talk about that character moment a lot in the future but obviously i won't say anymore but, but yeah. in general and i mean coming up with a consensus for something as complicated as a video game is always tricky but in general it seems like from people i know who have beaten the game who have played the game um that like the story is largely disappointing to many people, it seems like. Uh, like I know some people, but like you, I've heard more than one person say that the ending is good, but the story itself is like disappointing, I guess is the word. But You can see there uh, was something there at one point. Yeah. Um, 
So, like, I'm kind of just curious to see what the second half is going to be like. I, I feel like a lot of... So, I'm the type of person where a story is not really that important to me. How do I put this? So, it's like, on one hand, like, I don't really expect much. But on the other hand, maybe I don't have as high standards because I don't expect it to be, like, amazing. Um, so, I'm, I'm curious what, I'll, what my thoughts are. When it well, some of your cool. favorite games are The Last Remnant and Final Fantasy XII. So, enough said. Right. I think, or like, I think, or like Grandia Three, which is one of my favorite games. So it's like a totally shitty story, but I still love that game. <laughs> so yeah, I think you know it's clear to me that that they just didn't have the time or the resources to tell the story that was initially conceived, um, and I think that's probably why, I guess, the opening of the game I think is pretty strong. Um, and I think that's a great moment where you rush back to the border and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, and I think story-wise, the the middle point of the game, which is basically, you know, it's that it's that sequence that everybody's seen loads of with Leviathan and all that, is I would say I guess the halfway point. And then the ending is really good, but everything in between those bits, story-wise, is weird at best. Well, I and was actually a whole lot worse than that. Well, like, I I have not been following this game as heavily as some people. Like, obviously, I was made aware, aware of its existence, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. And then when Adam was playing it, I was just trying to, you know, absorb a little bit of information about it. So I went to watch the E3, I think, 2013 trailer when it changed to Final Fantasy 15. And Adam was actually like, why are you even watching that? Like, half of that's not even true anymore. And even stuff like, well, who's this character? That's King Regis. Oh, he doesn't look like that anymore. Or this, this scene, <laughs> this this scene no longer happens. Or this this person's no longer in the game. And uh, I don't know if Alex can answer this, but there's a character in that trailer that looks like you know an Assassin's Creed assassin. Like, is this person in the game? I don't know. Uh, so, so. I, I am I, like that guy's I'm actually confused about. I don't know if that was like the original version of Ravis. I don't know if you guys yeah. know who that is. Yeah, yeah oh, you, you will from Jinx Five yeah. actually, Luna's brother. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that was the original version of him, and if it's not the original version of him, that character is not in the game. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it's, it's also things crazy. like so. So like they made a big deal about um, you know they gave him. I remember they gave him an entire section in an Active Time report where they talked about the guy who had made all the Magitech, who had designed it all for the Empire. Huh. Um. And uh, I, should, I should mention that this trailer was this trailer was three years ago. This wasn't ten so, years so, ago. Okay, so, like, so you know, there's a there's a there is a shot of like a um, of a character who has like a he's got like a like a tiara on an old man who has like a tiara on and he's walking in front of a bunch of Magitek soldiers. I've literally had to look him up. His name is. Uh, his name is. He's literally not listed on this character list of IG. <laughs> well, um, Adam, early in the game, chapter two introduces you to some like soldier with a name. Like, who's this guy? I guess he's. Ah, so those guys, Loki, right? So, so yeah. the, there are two Imperial soldiers introduced throughout the story. There's Loki and there's another one. And those two guys, I, they show up in the optional side quests to. Uh, when you do Imperial bases and stuff, basically. But they have no story significance to me. I, well, I don't think that's... I don't think that's... But I kind of want like some sort of like novelization of like the original but, but story. But I don't, I, don't think that, I don't think that's so bad. Like, that's like, I, I, don't, I don't think... It, I think it's fine to have like a kind of a side character just like 
you know, like, I guess Loki, like, he just kind of showed up as a boss fight at Chapter 2, and then, like, if he shows up again just kind of like a random mook with a name, that's fine. No, not okay. every character has to be story important. I, I, found, I found it. It's a character called Verstyle. Wait, and what was his name? Verstyle. Verstyle? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this into the, into the, <laughs> click that link and you'll see what character I'm talking about, and you'll know him when you see him. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. But he, as far as I can tell, is literally not in the game other than one could see. But this is a character who, in the Act of Time report, year, you know, probably a year and a half ago, they spent ages talking about his character background, and I remember they, they were talking about when he was born and how he rose rose up in the ranks. And so it makes you wonder, like, what happened in the Druid development of this game, to the story at least. Yeah, yeah I... it's, 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 a lot of it, like, it, there are... You could see the path. You could see where, like, you know, oh, okay, they're, like, setting this character up. And then all of a sudden, they just, like, kind of completely vanish or things are going on, on like, behind the scenes oh. that you don't see. And it's just, it's, it's a little, like, irritating that it's just, like, you can see the potential. I mean, basically, but... you know, this that, that character is like if, if Hojo in Final Fantasy VII showed up when you meet him in Shinra Tower in the lab and then never again. Right. Never is mentioned again, never is seen again, just disappears. And that's the sort of like thing that this game has going on. But it's easy to forgive it because the open world stuff, just sort of walking around and hanging out in that world is excellent. Just even mm-hmm. driving around, you know, through the regalia and listening to classic Final Fantasy music, and oh shit, I have to go refuel now. It's just I was, like <laughs> I was talking about this to Brian. Um, I don't, you might, I, I don't know if you guys agree at all, but like one thing I kind of like think is kind of neat about this game, at least in the open world section, um, is like it, it kind of like the tone of the game. It maybe doesn't match the story at all, but like when you have like accordion music playing, a lot of people have like southern accents. Kind of has like an old west feel. Like, I don't know how well that merges with, like, the main characters or the story, but I kind of, like, like this kind of atmosphere that the game has in the open world section. Yeah. It's, like, not... Yeah. It doesn't feel like any other Final Fantasy game in that sense. Like, it, it, it almost doesn't even feel like a fantasy because it feels well, it like... Feels like it feels like, yeah, Route 66 road trip, I guess. That's yeah, but I still kind of I still kind of like it because it's, like, I, maybe because it's so different... Um, I do. I, I will say, like, it kind of doesn't match like our main characters or probably the story. But I kind of just feel uh, like this, you know, feel of like driving along a country road, stopping at like a just a an outpost, you know, riding chocobos on like a desert, <laughs> just stuff like that. It's just I kind of like that whole tone. It's just like if you ever see these guys, like if you imagine if these guys were like real and they like just strolled up on like in a cafe or a bar, you just uh, look at them, give them one eye, like. Man, these guys are fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I think overall, I just I'm enjoying it. I, it's not any like you know the amazing game that could have, would have, should have been, etc. But I yeah. enjoy for what we got. Can we talk about the combat? Like we haven't yeah. talked much about the combat directly. For sure. Let me just say one thing. Whenever there's like a warp point, I I feel like those are way too easy to abuse. Like I don't get like. There's like no downside to not abusing the warp points, and that kind of confuses me. And I mean, if they're not there, of course, like now they're not always there. But uh, the, the warp points are a chance for you to get a breather. Uh, that's why I just feel like I just feel like, like they're combat. so easy to abuse. Like I just took on a quest where I took down, you know, a, 
I'm going to mispronounce the name again, the Catoplopas. And, mm-hmm. like, there's a warp point right there. And, like, oh, if you just kind of just keep warping to it and keep warp striking, there's, like, no reason not to do that because it's so effective. So I, I kind of feel like the balance is weird there. The balance is like, all over the place because yeah, yeah, I just said this regroup skill. And regroup is, like, in my opinion, one of the best freaking skills. Yeah, in that, 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 that skill is, is probably a bit broken, yeah. actually. <laughs> it is. But, um, but like... It, I don't know. I really, really like the combat. I think they do. They, they've done a good job of, of finding a halfway house between, you know, traditional Final Fantasy turn-based stuff and an action game. The the flip side of that is that maybe, maybe you know, it, it could be a little better just in regards to. I think weight mode is absolute trash. Like it's I haven't just, used weight it's, mode ever since the it's tutorial. just it's just worthless. It feels like it's it feels like it exists in order to be a bullet point. So if somebody complains and says, "I don't like action games," like well, I don't like action mode. games, they can say, "Well, there's there is weight mode, but I don't see anybody who is even remotely sane using it. It's terrible." Do uh, any of you use magic at all? I I use magic. I actually take on uh, t- tougher hunts. So um, I think magic is really powerful, but it sucks. Like it's the the crafting system is is is. It's... It's basic it's bare bones. It's it's, it's uh, you know I actually think it's it's I wouldn't call it bare bones. I think there's there's some good nuance to it, but ultimately, it's just cumbersome to use. It's cumbersome to aim. It's cumbersome, yeah. it, like like the, the 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 reticule that gets thrown down is is confusing a little bit. <laughs> is poor, and the only way I can compare it is it, it's it's like it, it bears a lot of similarities to. The grenade throwing in Uncharted, which, by the way, is oh, the yeah. worst grenade throwing in any, in any third-person action game going. Fuck that. And especially in a game that has a lock-on, I don't understand why, if you're locked onto something and you've got the magic equipped and you tap circle, why it doesn't just shoot it directly at them. And, like, yeah, okay. like, I know, I know this game isn't versus 13 anymore, but, like, a Kingdom Hearts-type magic system I think would have made more sense. Just have, like, some sort of MP gauge... I mean, I know you have an MP gauge that's for, like, warping and stuff. And then, like, the the Kingdom Hearts have magics have, like, different, like, you know, arcs or styles or whatever, they, however they work. You know, something more like that rather than this weird, like, flask system. I don't know. I'm okay with the concept. I'm okay with the flasks. Yeah. I'm okay with it being, like, grenades. I just wish it wasn't so cumbersome to make magic. Just in terms of it, it just, like, if you, if you, if you run out of a spell and you are, and you're in, you're in combat. You have to pause, open up a menu, completely interrupt the flow of combat in order yep. to make more. That sucks. Um, and then, and it doubly so if it's a story battle, you know, you imagine you're in the middle of the last boss and the music's amazing and you have to interrupt the music and interrupt the, the fight. Well, and I then, haven't paid attention. If you pause in the middle of a fight, does the music stop? Well, the music on the menu is always, is always yeah, this lovely, always the lovely remix oh, wow. of the prelude. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, I, I've I've heard that happen when Adam's in the open world, but I didn't realize it also happened in a battle. I think it so. does. I'm pretty sure it does. But but either way, it's like it still interrupts the flow. Right. And and so I wish it. I wish that wasn't clumsy, and I wish that the the use of it wasn't clumsy. But I do think it's a good idea. It's a good. It's a good idea executed badly, basically. But in general, on the combat, I think the combat is good enough. I don't think it's like great. Like it's. You know, some games like the combat will totally hook me, and like I'll just play just to fight monsters just because I enjoy it so much. And this isn't quite that, but I do think it works. 
I, I do yeah, like the, I really the, like the, the, the kind of like the the kind of the weighty feel of it. The animations in combat are great. Enemy designs have been awesome, and whatnot. I I, I generally do like the combat, even though it's a little bit on the basic side. It's just I kind of wish it was there was more. It's like it's always it's always a mess, a scramble when you get into a combat yeah. situation. I mean, it's kind the of the camera doesn't the, help you. I, I know you can always boil down you can always boil down anything kind of unfairly, but the combat in this game it feels you know it's mostly like you hold a button to attack when there's an opening, you hold a button to defend when there's not type of thing. So it's I know I know you can always boil down anything to sound, make it sound more simple than it is, but I kind of feel no, like I think that's fair. It just you're either holding down the attack button or the defend button. And while while you're moving, and that's... that's why I like using daggers in that game because uh, the daggers have like an inbuilt like dodge move that like, you can just sidestep and go behind them and, and like immediately attack again. So that's why I usually go with daggers in that game. Oh, I think I guess the, I guess the having the different weapons is kind of neat. Like, I, I I have the ultimate blades. So I mostly use that, but you know, certain monsters are very very vulnerable to certain weapons. So. So um, it's kind of like a small thing that it works. It's not like terribly interesting to change weapons, but it it, it it's, yeah. I, st- I, st- I still I, I don't like switch uh, weapons like mid combat like they like urge you to. I'm just like okay, what is this uh, monster weak to? I'll use that. You know, like uh, like my setup right now is like I just have my daggers always on hand along with a great sword and a basic sword. And <laughs> I use I use one of the royal arms like for its stats, not to use it, but just to have the stat ups. There. I, I do think it's kind of fun, uh, like whenever like the Magitek guys come or the army guys come to use the great sword, and then it kind of it almost feels like a Muzo game where oh, yeah. you yeah. kind of like have this giant sword and you just like take out eight enemies with one swing. That's always fun. So, well, what, what was your uh, like go to in combat, Alex? Um, well, for a lot of the game, I stuck with the engine blade, and it took me until the very end of the game to realize that. I should probably just get rid of that, even though it was Nox's signature sword. And I was upgrading it, but even so, it wasn't the best. Um, but to be honest, I was just, you know, I'm looking out for those for the color of the of the numbers that come out of the enemy. I don't know if you noticed yeah. this little detail, but yeah, obviously it changes. It's, it's, it's explained in the tutorial. Yeah. If it's, if it's um, super effective, it's like orange. If it's not, it's purple. So. And so that that that's that's cool. Um, uh, but I would mostly I stuck with the traditional, which is you know a great sword, a regular sword, and a pole arm. Um, yeah, that's what I, I do. I experimented with guns a little bit and just found them to be to be sort of lacking. Yeah. Um, and then and then you know I on my ascension grid I basically just I powered right towards uh, maximum maximum stuff with uh, with armager and just then would make sure I was popping that at any available opportunity. Uh, and usually that means at least once per fight, unless it's against complete scrap enemies. I actually, I, I, actually, I, I, actually I actually don't. I actually don't use that thing, Arbiger. You, you Arbiger. didn't. You didn't use it until I asked you. Hey, what's that? What's that? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. Like yeah. <laughs> that was that was Arbiger is basically what got me through, you know, the final encounters in the game. Really, mm-hmm. um, it's it's you know. It, it is a bit overpowered because you turn it on and then you literally just hold circle and crazy stuff happens on screen. And Animation that, is happening. Yeah, yeah. It, there is no skill whatsoever to using it. It's basically, <laughs> it's, basically, it's basically like that very first Versus 13 trailer. Can, <laughs> just is, can cool you stuff like, happening. Can you like not not die, but like go unconscious as, uh, as armature is going? I know you take you can take damage, but I don't know if you can actually like 
uh, go unconscious. Or I literally couldn't tell you, but it definitely never happened to me. <laughs> Everything's just like fucking flying all over the place that Arbiter is on. It's just, it's hard to follow. Yeah, it definitely. I definitely did not die while that was on, put it that way. Um, and, it's very, very, very powerful. Any final things you want to say on FF15? Anything you want to touch on? I think, you know, we, we've talked a lot here about about the things that, that didn't work. Because there is yeah. a lot, again, that didn't work. But I think it's important to to, to note that this is a good game. Um, For sure. You know, this is... I gave it an 8, and I think... I think that's the that's the correct score for it. I think you could make an argument for a seven, maybe, but I for me it was an eight, especially taking into account the quality of the post game content. But it is and a I... different thing than most Final Fantasy fans are used to. I right. think people associate Final Fantasy with story and and the like, whereas this is absolutely one hundred and ten percent. This is more about uh, this is more about exploring the open world, enjoying the sights, enjoying the relationships between. Again, you know, and the characters plus, are stronger than the story than that, that they find themselves in. Yeah, definitely, and 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 you know, I think also mm-hmm. you know, people expect with old Final Fantasy, you you think about it and you think about a strong supporting cast. This that's another way where this game is not what you expect, and that you have this amazing core cast, but there is definitely not. There is not a Beatrix in this game. There is not a Hagen in this game. There is not a. Uh, even a guest character like a general leo in this game um and so i think there are people who are going to be disappointed because of that but if you can get past all that there's a at the core of this there's a really really good yeah. well, i mean with you like i'm the type of person where i kind of like having the you know like when i go out into the world map like i talk to myself whatever like what am I, what am I, I going to choose to do right now? Am I going to go explore this way? Should I do some hunts? Should I explore this dungeon? And I kind of just really appreciate that level of player agency where I actually have to make a decision. This is what I want to do right now. Where like a lot of Final Fantasy games are a little bit more streamlined. Not all of them. I mean, you just reminded me pl- that like, plenty of side content, but having that you're, choice to make. You're reminding how much it bugged me that I, whenever I look at the map and like the low quality of that map screen. It's like what it is looks explore, super blurry. No, 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 like it's just like super blurry and like picked like kind of like just messy on my end. Like I, I don't know if it's for you guys, but like when I like zoom in on that and just seeing the actual like picture quality of the map is like it. Yeah. It looks like some weird alternate version of like old Google satellite map or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's a good way <laughs> to put it, actually. Yeah, it's it's weird. I also like this is a really it's it's a it's a it's a it's a pet but i think the the this the, the the state of the font work in that game is 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 gross like the what work the, the font work the, the, the font? type the type font oh, the typeface work the it's just it's it. just yeah. it's just terrible like i understand if you want to say that that's what the text looks like in the world um with these weird weird oh, ass serif the fonts font, not like the ui font I think the UI is pretty bad as well, but oh. just the in-game font because it's used on the map and stuff, and it's like I'm trying to oh, see right. what region I'm in, and I'm just like, what? You know, all this is terrible. And I do on that topic, I do think uh, it's one of those things. I said most of my disappointment with this game came from story stuff, came from pacing stuff, from presentation stuff, and I think the game part is fantastic. But one area where I think the game part isn't fantastic, the one area is that I think the uh, 
the UI design is inconsistent at best and really quite bad at worst. It's just all over the place. Yeah, it's just it's. It must have been very difficult from like just anyone reviewing the game. It's like, what do you make of this? It's it's such a. How do you sum this all up? I don't want to defend it, but I'm, I think I'm just the type of person I kind of just get used to stuff like that, and I, I don't even know if I should criticize it or praise it. I, just, I know what I'm looking at now that I'm playing it, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fine anyway. Like like much yeah. of the game, it's like it's a small nitpick that doesn't really – that's a detraction, but the, the, the core of the experience is so good that it doesn't matter in the end. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I do feel like – we. I sound like maybe we've been criticizing a lot, but there are a lot of things that I think – a lot of us, or all of us, do find that we like about the game. You just, oh yeah, you I just kind of, you just kind of, nat- you just kind of naturally talk longer about the things you want to criticize it's, and the things you want to praise. I think, one of the, uh, I think one of the smartest decisions in that game that I didn't even know was a thing in that game was uh, Prompto uh, as a photography. Every time you like set up camp or rest, like he takes you know those snapshots and you can share it on social media. It's like one of those like little like mini systems. It's like it, it keeps people talking. People can share really like dumb, stupid screenshots. That he I think those are fantastic as well because I yeah. think they're quite re- they're realistically crappy. Even the ones that are posed. Yeah. Like someone's always someone's almost always blinking or you know. Noctis always has that weird smile, smug smile thing. Yeah, like on. like I really like the word. Like somebody must have spent a long time working on those animations and the way they randomize in the photos and i think it works out really well like i i, I don't know if it's just me but my prompt though like likes to take pics of gladio's ass i have like all like all the pics of gladio's, <laughs> gladio's ass i could probably make an album with them at this point uh in that game it's just it's it's really funny because like you level up his photography skill he gets new filters he starts taking uh, screenshots in mid-combat and whatnot and it's just it's just it's just so weird but like so real and raw <laughs> It, it sometimes it, it it's kind of funny because like on one hand it kind of feels like it, it it's almost immersive, but on the other hand it almost like breaks the immersion. Like like <laughs> I was I was going through a like the, a high level dungeon and I was kind of like running for my life and like almost dead and like falling over. And then uh uh you get to the camp and then like Propto's got like four pictures. Like Propto, what were you doing while we were all fighting for our <laughs> life? <laughs> and also 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 like I was fighting uh like a I forget what enemy it was. It was like a giant crab thing I found on the on the river. It, it played the boss music, so I assume it's like a special enemy. And it's like a tough fight, and you know we're using up items. You know, uh, having we're struggling a bit. Then we finally take them down, and then like because of the item you get from it, Ignis is like, "Ha! Huh, I found a new recipe." <laughs> it, was just, it was just so funny because like every time Ignis says every, that, and like after a boss encounter, is really funny. Like we just been struggling for the last ten minutes fighting this guy, and, like. Instead of relief, you're just like, I got a new recipe. So you're just so- fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> I also um, well, like I. It was really funny today. One of the pictures that um, Prompto took, I was like in a in like a story dungeon thing, but I didn't even know that uh, Gentiana was there. But like, I, I guess she was like secretly stalking me, and she like she he took a photo of her, and it was uh, uh, along with that photo, it was like Noctis's like teleport warp uh, image thing, photo bombing it. I think I think that's a trophy. Just that Gentiana can just show okay. up in a photo randomly, like she's keeping track of you or something. That's funny. <laughs> What's she oh, doing? That's too good. Uh, I also yeah, want I, to. I got, got that achievement. I got that achievement for that for her being in a photo. I think, I think I it's couldn't... just like a random chance. Like it's kind of. I couldn't kind of see a... where she was, and I couldn't find it, any of the photos. It was, it was, it was, it was kind of. A, it's just kind of a funny little thing. Like, wait, why is she there? Is she stalking us? 
Uh, track of I, us. I also want to give mad props to whoever uh, designed the food in that game. That is all the fucking dishes in that game look delicious. Yeah. Every time I have the, to the most play astonishing that game. thing is the, is like there are uh, there are some very subtle physics on the food when they get put when the plates get put down like like eggs like if it's like a ramen shit. or yeah, yeah like liquids and eggs and yeah it's which is ridiculous. Like I always have to like brace myself because like every time I pop in that game, I'm, I know I'm gonna be hungry, so I usually like have to have a snack after it or something. It's pretty. It's pretty fucked up. In my but... game, in my game, uh, when I, I spent a lot of time fishing to just to train up not just as fishing yeah. skill, and I caught like a like a ton of trout. And so mm-hmm. like for, for like when I'm just exploring the world because I don't want to like use up all my food, I just need to eating like the, the trout a bunch, uh, <laughs> the trout fun, the trout meal. It's just kind of funny like. Just kind of thinking to myself, just amusing, like like Ignis is there thinking, like, what am I gonna cook? And then you just click trout. And he like, you know, he snaps his finger. He's like, aha! I'll make the same thing I made the last twenty times. <laughs> uh, I, I love. And it's the thing I always make, Pinky. <laughs> and then sometimes Prompto will comment like, ah, it's so fresh. Like I think I got that trout like seven in game days ago. <laughs> so fresh. So fresh. So it's, it's kind of those, like, it's it's like, kind of those funny immersion breaking things. Yeah. Like I know they don't like bug me obviously because it's a video game, but just still amusing. <laughs> I, just, I just love seeing all the weird, quirky open world glitches uh, going around the internet as well. Those have been amazing. Like I actually haven't a... met many glitches personally. I think the only gl- I've seen a lot of them too, but the only glitch I ran into was once an enemy got stuck in a wall, and my guys were like trying to kill it, but they couldn't because it was stuck in a wall. I'm like, okay. <laughs> The one, the one uh, glitch that I shared around uh, was uh, during this cutscene. Uh, Prompto was on the phone, uh, and in the in the background, like there's this uh, lady walking, but she was walking sideways. Like yes, her... I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's all she's like literally horizontal. And after that cutscene, she continued to walk that way too in the in the game. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, this is <laughs> what is science? The, the most hilarious one I've seen is people who are riding the chocobos standing up, like not in a seated <laughs> position. <laughs> Uh, I haven't really dabbled too much in chocobo racing. Is there is there like much benefit doing the chocobo racing? Well, you can you can ride the chocobos on the on the overworld just to save time. But then there's yeah. also the races which are separate. I haven't really done much of either. I just there's pretty standard issue rewards, and also you can gain AP for for yeah. doing races. So that's all you know. Yeah, it's all pretty cool. I do think it is kind of neat that like AP is like one of those things you kind of can gain in a multitude of ways. Um, Rather than just being like something you get from battle, it's something you can get from like, from like fishing, from chocobos, from link attacks, from like doing like the various random strategies that pop up. Like if sometimes when you camp, Gladio will have you like search for something or whatever, and you get AP for doing that. I do. That's just kind of a neat thing, or it's just like, it's like a, it's like a, a point that you gain, just for like playing the game, but not from any one particular thing. So. Mm-hmm. And then of course Sorry. you can use AP for like a for several different purposes from like combat to exploration, things like that. Yeah, and it's 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 I, I like the ascension system. I think a lot of people were quite worried before. Actually, like, we haven't talked about that. Yet, but yeah, the, the ascension system is pretty solid. Like, there's I mean, a lot of versatility behind it. It's uh, much more it. so than like Crystarium. I mean, it's not it, like Crystarium was mostly just stat building, but like. It was just a linear path. That was the FF13 one, right? <laughs> yeah. It was a little bit different in like Final Fantasy 13 too, but it was still just kind of it was like almost just like a chore like there's, you know, 
just dump your points in it and get your rewards. Where like it, it felt like something that was there because they 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 felt like they had to have it, but their heart wasn't in having it. Almost like for example, I I don't know if you guys did anything different, but for my ascension system, I put points into like, I think it's called exploration first, like that page of it. The so stuff that, that helps you get more more AP. Like get AP from fishing, stuff. get AP for making camp, get AP from uh from uh spending a long time in the car, and then there's things like um uh extend extend the status boost you get from eating meals so like those are the ones i went for first and then i went into like combat and i don't i still haven't touched the magic one at all um so just I, did you guys like what did you guys pick when you were giving ap right away i like, went for ignis's uh analyze first because I, I i liked having that uh just knowledge uh without having to do weight mode and whatnot. Because I, I don't know if that's inherent to weight mode, but I, I gun for that first. And yeah. I, I kind of lean to more combat abilities, like uh, gaining more link strikes and whatnot. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, I, I was I, I thought I was going to learn more like link strikes, but I kind of am uh, comfortable with uh, Ignis having regroup uh, Gladio with Dodhammer and mm-hmm. um, Prompto. Do, I th- he has either, he, he does Star Shell or Gravi- the Gravity Shot thing. Uh, depends, but uh, those th- th- that's like my comfort zone right now, and I don't know if yeah. I'm gonna go beyond that. But th- those are those are my main focuses. Uh, well, that's kind of that's, that's kind of the point I'm getting at. It's like we chose totally different focuses mm-hmm. to start. With. Obviously, once you get further in the game, you basically start to converge. You start to get basically everything except the most expensive ones. But just kind of having that choice, like which ones am I going to power yeah. up first thing? So that's nice. How about you, Alex? Uh, I much the same as Adam. I sort of I, I sort of prioritized all the stuff that would uh, speed up the rate at which I would gain AP via the exploration path. Then I focused on uh, really just hammering down uh, on loads and loads of uh, of uh, of uh, armature related abilities. Uh, I actually came yeah. to. Apart from regroup, I didn't really touch the party abilities until quite late in the game. I think Adam is still using the same link abilities. I'm using the initial ones. <laughs> Get <laughs> like regroup and break the game. <laughs> yeah, but like yeah, also like there's a page. There's a page. The, the page I went to also like early on was I think it's called recovery and it's just like the rate at which the party members like regain HP when they get hit or yeah. when they, when they help each other out, how much, how much do they heal? So I, I, I think I went for that one second and then I started going for like combat ones. Like, like, like Brian said, I don't think I have some of the link skill ones yet. So. Yeah. Cause uh, Josh was talking about having all the different things that his gladiolus and his prompto did. I'm like, wait, they have more what than one. These? I had, I, I just been doing the same starting one over and over again. Like I don't know how many times I've heard Prompto <laughs> I think say, it's easy. I, think it, I think it's easy to ignore that because the game doesn't necessarily surface that to you in like a, hey, look at this way. But like, in a, obviously, there's those abilities that you can trigger. But then there's all the abilities that you can buy for them that they will just use of their own accord as well. And they're, they're, those, some of those abilities are really quite powerful. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, what's a, I have my Prompto with like a really big like auto crossbow thing. And he he goes to town with that. Like he, he has like an AOE. Like um, like if things get up close, it'll do like a great big like ground pound type thing that kind of makes me jump at times because it's really loud if you're near him. Uh-huh. And, but like when he but if he's far away, like he just fires that like a motherfucker. Just mm. uh, he yeah, just goes like to town with auto crossbows. But I think you know that that you know the the way the ascension system works is is it's in line with a lot of the game. Uh, just so in the we're all fans. And I think now that I'm thinking about it, in general, I think the party AI 
is pretty good. I mean, there's always going to be those moments when like they do something stupid. Eh, like, it's what okay. are you doing? It, it's, I, I mean, it, that's, I, I guess I don't know like what's my tolerance for what is pretty good, but like I feel like most of the time I don't have a problem with what the other guys are doing. Uh, Prompto so. gets into the combat, like he he gets in he gets into the thick of things way too much for my for my. Uh, you have a gun, stay back. I oh. know exactly, and, uh, and and Ignis, I, I don't know, like I just wish it was a way for him to like dodge more because Ignis is usually one of the first to go down for me as well when things get hairy. One of the when I got when I started like messing with accessories and stuff, I gave Prompto the HP ones because otherwise he has like no that, HP. That, that's that's yeah. what I pretty much yeah. focus Ignis and Prompto on. It's like just pump more HP because these guys don't make a big difference when it comes to like you know defense you, or you, offense. Yeah, most of the damage is done by you, Noctis. So like you guys just stay yeah. alive. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. I think I think you know most of the damage is done by you, but if you're triggering link strikes and stuff like that with a with a sense of regularity. It's it's you know they're really powerful. Yeah, I, 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 I might have. To they're save very up useful. To, I might have to save up for Gladio's uh, like uh, damage cap break uh, ascension one because he just does consistent nine 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 on the link strike that I have him on. Yeah, and like some of that could be a bit clearer. Like there is a <laughs> there's a moment in the in the Titan fight where like you know it says team up with uh, Ignis and. Gladio, they have an idea or whatever, and I, it, it just, it didn't click in my mind that by team up they meant do a link strike whip. Oh yeah. So I like went through several phases of that where I was like, what the hell does it, what does it want me to do? And then when I did it, I was like, ah, oh, for God's, you know. <laughs> um, and that's a classic sort of, that's a classic sort of, that's what I mean. All these systems are great. I just wish the game was better at really indicating them explaining them that sort of thing i really hope that like uh, you know for the next the main light fight of fantasy game that like not not all of this is completely scrapped i want some of these ideas to you know, i agree back yeah and, I in, 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 in a sense i do feel like Final fantasy 15 it certainly has its problems but like i don't I, this might be too big a word but it is almost like a redemption from the final fantasy 13 stuff like it's ambitious it does a lot of things well even if it doesn't do everything well so, like, the fact that we're going from Final Fantasy thirteen games, which I didn't hate them, but they always, I didn't really like them either. Like, I feel like this is, uh, it is a little bit of a redemption for the for the brand and for the series. So. Yeah, I think for sure. I think a lot of people who who hated those games are going to find. I was on the hero who didn't mind thirteen, but yeah. um, I think a lot of people who hated them are going to find a lot to 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 love. Yeah, I didn't I didn't hate thirteen either, but it's certainly like probably. Not in my top half of Final Fantasy games, but no. <laughs> this might be. I don't... Yeah, I have to think about it. Yeah, Final yeah I need to think about that. I need to, We need to like let it. You know, well, how do I feel? Like year, how do I feel yeah. a year from now? So yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, well, that's the thing. There's still gonna be legs for this thing too. There's gonna be a lot of DLC for it, and you can play the other guys, and then eventually online multiplayer at the end of that. And I wonder how the hell that's gonna work. You know? Yeah, I'm very curious about that. Hopefully, we will. We talked to them when the day they announced it, but it was, it was sort of it wasn't the most fruitful of chats that we had. There's there's an article up on the site, but it was sort of them just saying what they were doing. But any time, but every question about how they were doing, how does it, it work? To do uh, with, we'll make we're it not sure yet. It wasn't even we're not talking about that yet. The guy was saying to me, "Look, I genuinely don't know." <laughs> um, so, but hopefully we'll we will catch back up with them about that sometime in the new year. 
sort of learn a bit more about that. Fingers crossed. Uh, I am curious about the multiplayer. I think the single player expansions uh, are weird, and we'll we'll see how all that goes. Um, there are clear points in the story where each member of the party, one member of your party, will depart for a while. And it's clear that those are where the story expansions for each of the cast are going to fall in. Oh, really? Um, yeah. I wonder, like... how will, I wonder how yeah. well that's going to work. That kind of reminds me of Deus Ex uh, uh, Human Revolution. With yes, where you go to sleep and then you wake up and you don't know what happened in between. But yeah. that, that's 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 kind of weird. Where I think like the missing link, like by itself, is a good DLC. But then like when they built it like into the game with like the re-release, I haven't actually played the like the director's cut. But apparently, it that kind of feels weird because it it almost feels like it's too long. Anyways, that's a tangent. <laughs> yeah, I think. But this is weird. It's like you know, Gladio at some point straight up says, "I've got to go and deal with some personal stuff," and just disappears. <laughs> how how manufactured? So you're saying it feels kind of manufactured? It doesn't feel manufactured. Well, I don't know. Some of them do, some of them don't. Gladio's the fact that he he straight up goes, "I'm going to go and deal with some personal stuff," and Noctis and people don't even go, "Wait, what do you mean? What personal stuff? Can we help?" They're just like, "Okay, see you in a bit." Uh, yeah, pretty it's much. A bit strange. Uh, uh, Alex, uh-huh. you just reminded me, like, since I I came into that uh, recently. Uh, like this, the set piece moment that, like, as a follow up to that, and like how you kind of reunite with Gladio after that. Like, I kind of wish that portion was like was expanded more upon because that was such a cool moment when that happened. Like, you know, I'm not gonna try, I try to da- tiptoe around it, but there was a certain uh, part where yeah, when Gladio leaves and you kind of reunite with him, how, the manner in which you reunite with him. Yeah, it's was, cool. Like, they that make was a such moment a cool out of it. Thing. Yeah. They make a moment out of it, but it's just one of those things where. Yeah, I mean, and and, it's and, too short. and he and uh, Promptos is more natural. There is a natural story reason okay. why you get separated from Promptos. I do, do kind of like, like that. oh, okay. I, I do feel like a lot of uh, this game. I don't think it's much of an issue, but I do think there's a lot of like the Japanese art or the Japanese style RPGs where it's like, now we're a party and we're always going to stay together the whole time through the rest of the game. And it almost feels a little too gamey, or like. I, I do think maybe if it's done well enough, having the party, you know, not always be together 100% of the time could work. So I'm not I wonder. Act- I wonder, actually, speaking of that, I wonder if the aforementioned weird prompto twist that I, that I mentioned earlier will have any, will be expanded at all in the DLC, because well, that seems like it would be an ideal place for them to do that. I'm, I'm curious to see so what that the, is. What's like, the precedent for final? Oops, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. I'm just curious, what's the precedent for Final Fantasy DLC? I know ten two had the Coliseum and and the uh, Casino. Thirteen. Thirteen two, I meant. Sorry. Thirteen two had that stuff, and it was terrible. And Lightning Returns was, okay. had no. For, for like was, extra it, was, was it thirteen two that had? Like thirteen two. Thirteen two is the most. It had the a most... bit where you played as Lightning or whatever for the DLC. Oh, oh, that was weird. But it was really yeah, weird. Yeah, where you have like... lightning fight Caius, and that was it was like a it was like a it was like a like an like a boss battle with different mechanics. They switched it up, like it's like more of like a timing rhythm thing. But I thought I thought the Colosseum battles in thirteen two were they're basically just like extra boss battles that were tricky and tough. And I thought that was and did lightning cool. returns have? I know that's the one I didn't play out of that. I think trilogy. lightning returns had a lot of like costume DLC or yeah. I or, think it was more focused on stuff like that. Like, yeah. Like, so this is the first time their first attempt at legitimate like story expanding DLC. Yeah. 
as far as we know, like we we don't know if it's gonna be story. I mean, they still haven't really yeah. integrated. Yeah, but as far as we know, yeah. I think all we yeah. know, I think the season passed. I forget all of them, but they, it's like episode prompto, episode gladius. It's, 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 it's one episode. episode for each character, and yeah. then the multiplayer expansion at the end. Basically, yeah. So, and does then that include not this or no? No. So no. there's three. There's three. One for each of the main cast, and then at the end there's the multiplayer expansion, and then between those. There are some small. There was, I think, there was one other thing they listed, which was more just like a like there's, items there's, or costumes. There's a couple of small packs. Like this, the first one is the holiday DLC. Oh yeah, and that's gonna, and that's part of the season pass too, and that adds things like I think it's gonna add new game plus. Oh yeah, uh, some it, bits of it's ringing a bell to me now. Yeah. yeah, I'm actually like curious to to see if they're gonna be able to achieve that 60 FPS thing with the PS4 Pro patch in the, sometime this December. Are saying I kind of want to see how that looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, very curious. I will say I'm playing on just a regular PS4, and it's 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 you know right around 30 frames per second. But I actually haven't noticed like I, there have been times I've noticed a little bit of like frame stutters and things like that, but not awful. Like I've certainly played worse. <laughs> Yeah, yeah surprisingly smooth. I mean, it's not sixty well. frames for it's not sixty frames per second, but it's no, no. It's it's mostly stable for me on a normal PS4. So, the, is Alex like the only people... one that's played on a pro? Or have yeah. anybody played I, on a pro? I, I played on a pro. Okay. Um, it, How's that light and what, what light and it, digital foundry have done far better than mm-hmm. I could ever explain it. I mean, basically. The, the gist i've played all three versions and the gist of it is the high mode on the pro is right. good but it has frame pacing problems and some weird screen tearing problems and stuff um the light mode on the pro is probably the best looking in that it's the most consistent frame rate and the most consistent performance but it still has some of the frame pacing problems the xbox version runs at a much lower resolution but is but is completely devoid of the of the of the frame pacing problems, and then the PS4 version, PS4 vanilla version, has the, all the frame pacing problems that the high mode on the Pro has, except with the worst graphics. Damn. And wow. I think the way Digital Foundry sort of put it is that the best version is Pro on light, followed by Pro on high. Followed by Xbox, followed by PS4 vanilla, and I would probably agree with that assessment. Okay. Like I said, like I said, and I'm, I'm never too much of a stickler for these things anyway. But I'm just playing on a normal PS4, and yes, I do notice there are times when, like, if there's a lot going on, or if I'm rotating the camera during combat, like, it'll like skip a couple of frames here and there, but it's smooth enough for me. Yeah, it's 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 fine. It's. It, like that stuff, the frame pacing problems, they're, they're, they're kind of nasty, but also at the same time, they're not huge. And I think it's a, it's a gorgeous looking game. It's a bit of a technical like, marvel, like for, for example, the journey it's had. I know, I know it's a different platform, but for example, Lightning Returns on a PS3, that game has some terrible frame rate issues in those yeah. overworlds. And it doesn't and even like, look that, that good was, either. Yeah, that game was like actually like starting to detriment my enjoyment of it, where it's like, Wow, like if I fight, in, there's actually like one particular area of the map where it's like I don't want to get into combat here because it's just gonna like start chugging and definitely no <laughs> problems, and definitely no problems like that with this. So, Whew, yeah, what a game! What a game! <laughs> yeah. So, Final Fantasy 15. 
Now we'll available. be talking. We'll be talking about that soon with our game of the year discussion to see if what we we'll have yeah. more people participate. It will send what we think it will send deserves or not. Yeah, it'll be part they're of. They're gonna be it'll, words. Yes. So now we're gonna move on over to the news, and there's certainly quite a handful that was shown this past week. Uh, both the game awards and the PlayStation experience uh, happened. So let's uh, dig a little bit into that on what they showed on the RPG end of those things. At the Game Awards, they showed off uh, first time gameplay trailer of Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, I was personally, I, I liked it a lot. Uh, it, lo- it, it, it looked amazing. They showed. Yeah. Um, I thought they, I they thought showed... it looked. Sorry, I thought what? it looked like they showed they showed just uh, God, how do you say it field gameplay where it's just it was just the character walking in like some sort of hub area. They showed conversation gameplay and then obviously they showed combat gameplay and then whatever that Mako replacement is. They kind of gave you a taste. Place, what's called? Uh, they gave kind of a vertical tempest. slice. Yeah, it was it was a good yeah. slice of everything, and it, it there there was there. I don't know. I didn't leave much to the imagination. It looks good. Now I don't know if you guys agree with me, but when I was watching this trailer, for some reason, it reminded me a lot of like the first Mass Effect more so than two or three, only 100%. with much much smoother combat and gameplay. Of course, um, I don't know so if it's like, because like maybe the first Mass Effect featured more open environments, and the one they showed off there was an open environment. Compared well, to so two like, three, and it just gave me the, that original Mass Effect feel when I was watching it. At the PS4 Pro reveal event, where they obviously showed that game, I, I sort of stood and had a chat with um, with Aaron Flynn, who's the studio head of Bioware, yep. um, about that, and he was saying exactly that to me. He was saying this game, our goal is spiritual successor to Mass Effect One, and but taking and keeping some of the better aspects of two and three. And that was exactly what that footage looked like to me. Yeah, that's uh, that's really reassuring to hear because that's exactly what I uh, saw at that gameplay trailer. They saw, obviously, the, the the little Mako thing running around, and then you saw little investigations with like the scanner uh, device, and then just uh, just more uh, like the the tempo of combat feels just right on on that too. And they they showed uh, some they, tech they, skills and and like biotic skills. Yeah, they they, uh, they made a point of like showing those. It's all that like you do do you get uh, skill points? Like there was at one point there was like skill point plus five at like, you know, uh, during that trailer. Like they they seem to be uh, you know, uh, putting an emphasis on like yes there this is there is a lot of action in this but we don't want to leave out the RPG side of it as well. We want to really hammer down on that as well. And and that's that, that those the RPG elements are always the more trickier things to show in a trailer. Like they showed like. One, they showed like one biotic skill, for instance, but like what types of biotic skills are, no, are they, 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 they showed? They showed more than one because I mean we oh. had we had a we had a dash which obviously was present in two and three, right. but we also had like there was a biotic shield thing that he that, that, yeah. that the character throws up at one point, and that seems you seem to be able to explode that after it's absorbed some bullets to fire bullets back at enemies or something. It wasn't really clear, but you know they showed that they showed crafting. They showed that we still got the um, different ammo types, disruptor ammo, inferno ammo, all that sort of stuff. Um, I, I, saw some crit- I saw some criticism. Well. I saw some criticism on social media that's like this game just looks like a shooter now. It's like, well, some of the RPG stuff is sometimes harder to show in a trailer. Like, but also, I've never agreed with that because like Mass Effect Two and Three could both look like that. Three especially, um, and I don't think, and Three had more RPG mechanics than Two. You know, um, and when you read about, like, obviously this wasn't in the trailer, but when you, they obviously had their Game Informer cover last month, and when you read about some of that, 
you sort of see what they're saying. Like, so for instance, whereas Mass Effect previously would have you pick a class at the top, so you'd say, oh, I want to be soldier or sentinel or vanguard or whatever or adept or whatever. Now they they've removed those classifications, but you'll have access to a full skill tree, and then as you develop, you'll be given a specialization based on the path you naturally develop down, which is more like a Skyrim or something. And so basically, depending on what like what you do in combat, or yeah, so like, it's it's it's, it's not like you pick class. soldier, you pick soldier, and then you don't have access to any biotic abilities ever. It's like you everybody has access to the same broad skill tree, but if you pick all combat abilities and ignore biotics, then eventually in the later on in the game, the game will say to you, your specialization is soldier. And then that and then that will unlock new abilities. Whereas if you go down a different path, it'll specialize you in a different way, or you could go half and half and that will be specialize you in a way in itself. You could be like a jack of all trades if you want. Yeah, and there will presumably be a name associated with that, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm curious about how that goes, but I'm fairly confident that they, the team that developed this, are the team that developed all uh, the Mass Effect Free multiplayer, including all the add-ons. And one of the things that's more interesting about that is that the the Mass Free multiplayer uh, it added some of the most interesting combat stuff in that mm-hmm. series. How many uh, games did you say you had on that? Three hundred. Yeah, but like. <laughs> But like they added a lot of different classes and they experimented a lot with abilities and added a lot of all new abilities because later on in the game, you know, they were just like, screw it, we're going to go crazy and add mad stuff. So you had stuff like playable Geth and things like that. And they all came with their own unique abilities. And even things like, you know, if you're playing as a Geth because they're a robot, they had a completely different looking HUD and things like that. And so it's the, it's a lot of the same people who had a lot of those ideas. And that's one of the reasons why I think that they'll probably do fine. They'll probably nail it. I think. I also I just want to mention. I also just want to mention like the art design, like not just the graphics, but like the art and the colors for the trailer were like really cool. Yeah, yeah they really popped. Uh, I, I'm really digging just like the general like world design of that and seeing more of the environments. Uh, just it, it's it's a it's a beautiful looking game. I think Frostbite looks great. I think there's maybe, you know. Um, facial animations a bit off and certain things like that yeah the, 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 like the some of the some of like the body animations and like when uh rider was like meeting some i don't even know who it was some person in some like seat of some power like some of the animations in that little scene they showed off seemed a little bit weird but those are the type of things they kind of expect to be polished up so mm. yeah yeah i i i've got high hopes for it i think it'll be uh i think it's not long to go now, and I I, I I have a great deal of appreciation for what they've done promotionally, which is basically made the decision to not really show much of it. I think it's, kind it's of the a opposite, great... Kind of the opposite of Final Fantasy XV, where it felt like... Yeah, like... like I, signed up for, I signed up for that Andromeda Initiative thing, and now you haven't really followed up on it, so maybe I should. You should look it up, because they've put up some interesting videos. Like, uh, when they, after, in the wake of that Game Awards footage, they put out a new video, which is just sort of background on on what's on the arc ships and all that sort of stuff and because they put that stuff in there a lot of there's a lot of like um there's a lot of like vanity shots of the arc ships but they look to be in engine so i assume their vanity shots of the new citadel style area you'll have access to um and things like that and you can see you can see stuff they're going to do where they talk about how there's there's ais that contain the the history of each of the races that 
where are the ships traveling to Andromeda, which presumably means I bet you're going to be able to go and speak to those AIs and get background on the previous Mass Effect games and stuff like that, which is interesting. Also shown at the Game Awards was actually a two a two part thing. Before the Game Awards started, they had a little pre show thing uh, that showed off a new trailer, uh, showing off more of the environments, uh, hinting a little bit more about the key story stuff. And then at the actual Game Awards itself, uh, they showed off like uh, kind of like a let's play uh, uh, kind yep. of deal, uh, like with, uh, some gameplay on the Wii U version of uh, Breath of the Wild. So the I think the real neat interesting stuff was the little trailer that they showed before the actual event started. So um, yeah, two two major I guess takeaways is that they they look like ruins of Hyrule or Kakariko or something ruins of something shown there. Alex, and... you you had something like a, like a broken down statue of uh. Yeah, it looked a lot. There was a broken down statue and it looked a lot like the well fountain with a statue in the middle of it. And it looks identical to the fountain that's in the center of Hyrule Castle Town in Twilight Princess. Like identical. Same statue in the middle, yeah. same outside rock bit of the fountain. I don't know. I don't know what they're getting at. Uh, uh, I said something that I've been wondering now for a bit is if this game is going to be like, um, going to be like some sort of multiverse thing and it will actually not be in any one of the timelines, but sort of. Uh, kind of like a mix and mishmash of, of all bring of them. them all bring them all together and unite them somehow oh shit um, that'd, be, that'd be trippy as hell and so I, I don't know and I'm, I'm also curious about if there's a character in that trailer that's clearly Zelda and I say it's clearly Zelda because uh, right. there's blonde <laughs> hair and Link is sort of kneeling to her and it, it's obviously a a link she, she's from... wearing the same outfit as uh, Link, though, like that. Right. No, so it's, no, so there's two shots. There's a shot where okay. Link is kneeling, and it's clearly a later game Link because he has the Master Sword on his back. And he's kneeling in front of, he's kneeling behind a figure who has blonde hair. And I, I, wearing... I, 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 I haven't like brought up a magnifying glass to the trailer, but it, it looked like the person we are assuming is Zelda. I thought it, like some people were assuming maybe it was two different outfits and like two different scenes. So it could be two different outfits on the same person. It could be two different characters. But the, the, the one of them, the one in the dress that Link's kneeling in front of with the Master Sword is clearly Zelda. And then there's this other character who you see this mid shot of who's wearing the same clothes as Link. Yeah, it's like a tunic. And that's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If that's the same character and also Zelda, or if that's, you know, a you know, female like, link or a different link. Just yeah, there's there's been rumors forever about stuff. female link or playable Zelda. They were seemingly shot down, but now it's kind of bubbling back up. I think. I mean, Link is mostly just a character avatar anyway, so I don't know like why not just have a female version of them. You know, I don't know. <laughs> That's a different kind of worms and Link. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know but if there was anything meaningful with the, the actual gameplay footage. The uh, gameplay footage kind of showed things like you would expect or things that they've already kind of shown are in the game. Like there's towns, there's like NPCs in this in this world. So it's a little bit, maybe kind of like a Final Fantasy 15 to Final Fantasy where it's like a more open world Zelda. Like uh, Skyward Sword brought in a couple of like those types of things like with like armor, like shield crafting and like loot and things like that to some extent where this seems to be like going full force on like this open world like uh types of systems like i'm trying to remember what it was in the, in the let's play video like it had the two nintendo representatives like open up a menu and like picking out like his equipment and things and so like 
a little bit different than just you know your items that you get in a typical Zelda game. Yeah, it it just seems to be more of an RPG than any of the Zelda game actually, right. which is obviously going to be of interest to us. But it's it's weird. I think yeah, I'm it's... not too interested in seeing or even thinking about that game much more until I see the uh, until I see the Switch uh, version of it, which I assume. Uh, I'm not sure how much I can say about this, so I won't say too much. But there is a date in my diary to go and play the Switch. Um, well, they they they, I think they made public that there are places in the U.S. and uh, probably elsewhere where like you can play the Switch like if you're invited, as some, like either the day after or soon after the January presentation. Yeah, do. yeah. So they're doing, they're, they are doing stuff, and I have a date in the diary, so I, I look forward to seeing more of that there because. Um, I don't know. It's it's like like I thought the trailer was interesting, but the the live gameplay footage they showed with Bill and the, the other guy from Nintendo playing it, the performance yeah. was terrible, and I was like, mm, right, yeah, this isn't the best way to demo this game. Like, yeah, pretty grim. I thought yeah, in I general would... the way they showed it off was kind of weird. Like, here's a mini Nintendo Direct in the middle of the Game Awards. Like, it's, it yeah. felt very, it, was it like, felt very it was Nintendo. Practiced, and it was like practiced, or like was it even? It was recorded, right? Right. Yeah, the, the the let's play footage is definitely recorded. It just, and they like had like practiced banter and you know like uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah you know but uh, yeah I, I'm very interested to see what the Switch version of that game looks like as well. Um, then uh, moving on to the PlayStation experience, uh, we got a new gameplay trailer of Nino Kuni 2: Revenant Kingdom, and it, they showed off at the end of that trailer that it's coming 2017 for the PS4. Who here yeah. has played Nino Kuni? I've played the shit out of Dino Kuni. I've I have. Uh, I've played a few hours, but I didn't um I didn't finish okay. it. Okay, so this trailer kind of showed the things you'd expect to see in a second trailer. Um, like it showed some gameplay and it showed a couple more characters that you meet. Um, the main cast seems to be the the prince, whose name I forget. Uh, Evan, I think. Evan, yeah. And then there's this girl that accompanies him, and then there's the older guy. Um, ah, man, I don't recall these names. That seems to be like the main trio, kind of like the main trio in the first Nino Kuni. And then there's like a bunch of like side characters they've shown. But the most interesting thing about the trailer was the combat seems to be a little bit more real-time action. Like they only showed very brief glimpses of it, so we're making a lot of assumptions here. But like it seems to be pretty different than what Nino Kuni had, which is kind of this uh, like turn-based. It was like menu-driven turn-based. You did have like a positioning element, so like you could move around on a 3D field. But it was this. It was really a turn-based game. Um, so it seems like the combat might be pretty different, which I think a lot of people are probably going to be happy with because Nino Kuni's combat was probably its most easily criticized thing. Yeah, uh, element to it. I, the, so, Nino Kuni's combat basically like it's a lot of menu diving. <laughs> it, it's a lot of menu diving and kind of ruined the flow of it. And, by, and then yeah. once you finally got into like a certain like party like uh, flow into it, like there's a certain like party I, I, like I forgot what the little minions were called. Uh, but once familiars. you found the right ones, the familiars, like you kind of broke the game too. Yeah, there's like, there, I was, I, I sometimes don't unintentionally. The yeah, one I remember, the, I remember there's, I remember there was one familiar that basically is like, you have to get this one because everyone gets him, and because he's just so much more, so much better than every other familiar for some reason. It, it was like a dinosaur one, right? <laughs> yeah, like uh, yep. yeah, and he wasn't even that hard to get. So it's like no, of... no. <laughs> So the one sentence summary that I heard for the new trailer was basically like, it looks like a Tales game now, which I don't know if that's a fair take on a 12, 12 seconds of combat or whatever, but it does seem to be leaning in that direction more. 
I, I, I am. I, I do hope that like it is as active as it like it presents itself. I, I, I am down for it being a more action-driven game, more than just like going through. Like I, I like menus, like turn-based uh, games in general and RPGs, but it doesn't work for Nino Kuni. Yeah, Nino Kuni is. I, I, I don't want to you know spend too much time on this, but like. Mm -hmm. You, when you're playing like co combat in that game, you spend so much time like going through menus, like telling people what to do or to use certain abilities, and it like that mixed with like this positioning and kind of like pseudo action RPGs felt really weird. So anything they try to like change that up is I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> so but yeah, so that's a little update on that, and then we also got a new trailer of Near Automata, and with a, a release date for the West, March seventh, two thousand sixteen, seventeen, and March tenth, two thousand seventeen, for the U.S. Yep. and Europe respectively. Uh, but it only mentioned that it for the PS4, but the right the PS, PC the version PC is version. kind of up in the air still. Yeah, yeah, I haven't really mentioned that. Like, well, Square, Square Enix, what they normally do is they release a game on PS4 and then they later like announce a PC version and date. But they, this one's kind of different. Don't announce that PS PC version before launch. Yeah, that's, that's why this is different. That, because that's I'm why looking. This is different. <laughs> you guys tell me, but I'm looking for our in, through my inbox and the staff inbox, and I don't see a press release from Square about a near date yet. The, not for the PC version. Oh, they didn't actually or, send a press release for the yeah. PS4 version either. So I would not be surprised <laughs> if tomorrow morning that press release goes out and confirms that date is also the same for PC. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Right now, it's just kind it, of... It could be. Yeah. Because everyone, everyone's still kind of, like, recovering from PlayStation experience and whatnot. So, <laughs> you know, it was during, during the weekend, obviously not during work hours and whatnot. So, yeah, but, definitely yeah. we'll see. Yep. The trailer was pretty short. It basically just showed combat, oh, yeah. which, you know, is all you need to show. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the original Nier. Like, I can appreciate it, but the, the combat and controls and stuff, like, it really... Was, it turned... was easily I, the, 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 the first yeah, part. I, I know people, no one likes that, but some people think, you know, the story and characters and, and uh, music and all that make up for it. Not quite for me, but uh, I, certainly I'm interested in this game because it's going to have like almost by default will have much much better combat so uh they also announced that the black box edition of near automata like the big collector's edition is uh coming to the west as well um square enix store exclusive 190 us dollars um and it'll have like uh of course the game a nice box um the your to be fig uh the 64 page art book um uh, i think like a like a OST. It has, it has like tracks from both games too. Yeah, for yeah, I forgot how many songs are on there. I think I think it's but, a thirteen track, so it's just not like a huge full full yeah. list. Yeah, it's, it's definitely there for people. It's uh, like the main allure of it is definitely that uh, figurine for right. a lot of people. It looks uh it looks great, but the beauty shots that they shared for it, and also in the the day one edition for that game, there'll be the reversible box art that has like the just the the gorgeous uh, Japanese mm -hmm. edition cover. Uh, of that game, so I'm, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm Day one edition, to, uh, which for Square Enix games you'll probably be able to get much later. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So. I'm pretty sure I got uh, the Day one edition for like Star Ocean, like months after it released, and then like Type Zero had like Day Day one editions like a year after it released. Uh, that works. Yeah, I'm sure you'll be able to buy Final Fantasy 15 Day one editions in about a year's <laughs> time. I have no doubt in my mind. How yeah, long I, do you think they'll stick with these day one edition type dealios? Because well, it just it may, seems like one of those. Hey, if 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 the stats show that pre-orders are up because people do pre-order to to get the day one edition, even if they don't practically have to, they'll keep doing it. Yeah, indeed. 
Yeah. And then, to be honest, I didn't even realize 15 had a day one edition. I thought that was just the game edition. <laughs> no, it basically is. You, you can't get a copy of 15 right now that doesn't have day one edition printed up. Do they, do they eventually like like alter those box arts that have the day one edition like tab on it anymore? Because I've never seen those. I think stores. eventually... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, wonder if, like, I wonder if you like if you could see a Type Zero HD on shelves if it still has a Day One <laughs> tag on it or not. Who knows? Not sure. Um, and lastly, the 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 last big like RPG related announcement uh, in uh, the PlayStation experience was that not uh, both Yakuza Kiwami and Yakuza Six: The Song of Life are both being localized for the PS4. With Kiwami being slated for summer 2017 and Yakuza Six being slated for early 2018. And that was personally one of the biggest surprises to me. That, not that, because, not because of like the Kawami, but like just the, them announcing six along with Kawami as well. Yeah, I thought that would be something like for like next year's yeah. E3. Yeah, definitely. That was a pleasant surprise. So now, so now people who are Yakuza fans have three games to look forward to. I know. Wow, you have zero and uh, Kawami next year, and then the year after you have six. And it's it's also one of those like magical moments. Like they announced this for localiz- uh, six for localization, like. Before it got uh, released in uh, Japan, yeah. it's coming out this weekend. Is that a first but... for Yakuza? It is. Usually, it's like com- usually we get localizations announcements for that, like, and it's already been Six out for a while, after, yeah. yeah, or more. But, like, but even I guess those have been selling real well in the West, and they just start keep on cranking them out. That's, well, that's like for awesome. ex- well, like for example, Yakuza Five was digital only. That might have had something to do because it was PS3 only, but um. Like now they're all getting physical and digital releases from Sega, so that's they have some faith in it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And um, I, I love those games. Those are just always a good time. I haven't played yeah, a Yakuza you know. game, but I can just tell by the trailers and by the screenshots and footage that like, if you want to play like a game like with style in like modern Japan, it's just like it, they seem to ooze so much style, um, and. <laughs> Not only that, but just like all the different things you can do in each of those games, like with the karaoke or the mini games or the flirting or the ball brawls and all that, it just like seems so like incomprehensive. Yeah, and it, I also li- like those games because they put such a like a massive uh, amount of uh, effort into making sure that the the performances really nail it, and like they do big events for like you know, like uh, just announcing like the voice actors or the for each character in the game and like really emphasizing that like you know the intense drama behind it like even though there's a lot of silly shit in that game like it's a it's a it's a weird like uh game that like takes itself itself it's, very it's seriously both, right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 just uh and they also have just full games in there like i know at yakuza 5 they have virtual fighter 2 and now 6 they have like the mo- the latest like virtual <laughs> fighter edition like virtual and just fighter some of the silly stuff. stuff like i know like yakuza 6 has like you can play baseball there's like a mini game for like calming down the baby there's like cat collecting to for a cat cafe just... yeah they, they, they also have like this like uh like uh i think i don't know if it's a mobile game or not in the in the game but um like they have like fire pro or not uh, japanese pro wrestlers in it um <laughs> uh, and it's just it's bizarre but i'm glad that both of those are coming over and uh that's about it for the playstation experience there is one other announcement that's kind of smaller but nobody expected mm-hmm. it was when they showed that yeast origin is getting a port to yeah, PlayStation. you did it you did it again you said yeast 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 <laughs> i know it's yeast that's just easier to say yeast 
East. That's that's right. Um, East Origin is uh, coming to PS4 and Vita. I forgot they had February twenty seventh. First, twenty first. First, twenty first. Yeah. Okay, twenty first, and that that was crazy because of the amount of like stage presence. Like, yeah, in like the, the keynote. Like, has has East ever had like a stage presence like that? I mean, like, no. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure half. I'm sure like more than half the people there are like, what the heck is this? <laughs> No, uh, that, that that'd be for the Wind Drivers announcement. Thank you very much. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's just, uh, but uh, it's just like that's you know, cool. It's a, it's a great game. It's basically anyone will tell you it's one of the best East games, and it's being ported by Dot Emu, who doesn't have like a they're not like a stellar track record. They mostly do mobile stuff, but you know, there's a, there's a, a several enhancements uh, on this one, obviously like yeah, UI enhancements and whatnot. But it's widescreen. It's also be, it's also being localized in like French, Italian, German, and Spanish too. Yep. too. That's yeah, that's which is a big undertaking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so... I, should, I should mention that Dot Emu is French, and they're they're a French company. And in fact, some of their mm-hmm. English translations, I know, like when they put East on mobile, they did like a different translation, and it was like Franglish, I guess, is the colloquial term. Like you could tell that they're not native English speakers, so. The, I mean, but the, the for this one, they're going, they're keeping the XE translation for English, and they're just adding the more European ones. Um, yeah, they're in good they're in good hands at like uh, using that uh, solid base, yeah. uh, to lo- localize <laughs> it to those other languages. Because that this is uh this this is awesome because like this will this is definitely uh set with the worldwide stage in mind. You know, like yeah. uh, making sure that like anyone anywhere is able to. Uh, I, I, think, I think ports like this are just pretty cool. Like Dot Emu is just looking for work, you know. Nihon mm-hmm. Falcom probably, you know, they probably didn't have any plans to do anything with East Origin at this point. It's ten years old to them. And if Dot, it sounds like they put a blog up on on or a post up on PS Blog that Dot Emu basically said basically offered to them, hey, we're we're gonna offer to port this to PlayStation platforms. And basically Falcom didn't have any plans for it. And just said, sure, let's do it. And so it's just kind of, I just think it's kind of neat to like, you know, they take this undertaking that's basically good for everyone, people who want to play yeah, it on console. Yeah, Falcom has really that... opened up uh, a lot in terms of like uh, Westford uh, distribution, you know, obviously uh, their partnership with Xseed, but also now they have a, a partnership yeah, with, they uh, have access to a, uh, Yeah, access for Tokyo Xanadu. And just seeing them just branch out further. In, uh, and, and also Westford. they have, they also have a Mastiff, which normally does PC ports doing like groomen on 3ds you know just that's these, right things like that so <laughs> i just think those types that's... of things like it's really in, in the end yes it's just a port but i do think it's cool that these small companies can do these things um so. it's also like you i know, think it's there, feature alive right like it's all mm-hmm. it still does. wondering when we're going to get localization information for eight yeah <laughs> maybe when is, maybe when also... the ps4 version <laughs> This also sets like you know precedents, like you know if East Origin sells you know well, you know that leaves uh, the door open to you know all the other East games uh, seeing new life on PS4 and Vita. So that's, that's... really good. Really yeah, good. ports yeah, are cool. Definitely. I don't understand people who don't like ports, but ports are cool. <laughs> yeah, that, then... that's the people who say it, that's robbing the Vita or whatever. They need you know they need the head testing. The, these people are crazy. <laughs> Like, hey, Vita got a lot of stage presence in the keynote this year. <laughs> I think that's because PSX is the only place they can reasonably do it. Yep. People, I've seen people assuming this means that Vita isn't dead and they will, it, will, it will be mentioned at E3 next year. Here's a spoiler. It won't. <laughs> it won't. 
but it you know it, it keeps on trucking along it gets new releases every year and you know the people right. who do have one can remain happy you know on that i think you know it's, it's it's fine that it's not like larger than life it's not like you know as mainstream as like 3ds but just having you know just c- continued support for it even from not from sony themselves you know uh just i think it's fine i think it's fine where it's at just you know i i, I don't it had it had a carve had, it kind of had to carve out a niche audience but it's serving it well so yeah exactly <laughs> and with uh, that said that wraps up final fantasy 15 the game awards and playstation playstation experience uh, it's been one hell of a week and yeah, it's uh, been busy a, well i'm sure we'll hear more about psx on like on the show floor when we get zach in here on next podcast yes yeah, zach zach it. was there zach played persona he uh, played horizon and horizon and some other stuff so He's going to have things to say and, and things to write, I'm sure, about what he saw there. So we'll, we'll have to check in with him yep. about all that. Uh, look out for that on the site. And then the, our Game of the Year podcast is uh, we're going to be discussing that fairly soon. It's so going to be a long out. podcast, but if you want to, oh, you, can, you can hear the whole deliberations of how we come up with our choices, which will, of course, Yeah, there will be, there will be podcasts, there will be articles, there will be videos. Yep. They will land somewhere between Christmas and the New Year, but I'm not sure what day is exactly yet. We'll figure that out. That time of year is always just kind of a crapshoot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everything's yeah. There. Everyone's busy, you know, holidays and all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the year's wrapping up, and yeah. So you can find us on RPGSite.net. You can find us on Twitter at RPGSite. You can find us on YouTube at YouTube.com slash RPGSiteNet. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rpgsitenet. You can find us on iTunes via TetraCast. You can, we also have a Discord channel up. You can find that at discord.me slash rpgsite. And just since we're starting to do this, uh, where can we find you fellows at Twitter? Oh, uh, I'm uh, at APZoneRunner, Alpha, Papa, and then the word Zone and the word Runner. You can't miss That's me. That's what they stand for as well. Yeah. Alpha Papa Zone Runner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you can find me there. And most of my Twitter is about video games or or alcohol, basically. I, think. That's about it. <laughs> I just dropped a mention. Same thing. Yeah. I am K-I-N-G underscore S-E-D-A. King Seda. Yep. And Brian? Uh, Z-E-O-L-E-V-Y-N-E. There's like no easier way. There's no easier way to tell you where I'm at. (laughs) Sorry, I'm I'm not gonna try to pronounce that. You can find me at HD Kirin, H D K I R I N, over at Twitter. I put up anything and everything, I guess. And yeah, this has been uh, another edition of the TetraCast. Thank you for tuning in. You all have a fine day. See you, everyone.